The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 79 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour episodes of The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective, starring Howard Duff. We'll begin after this short break. The detective character Sam Spade was created by writer Dashiell Hammett for his crime story, The Maltese Falcon. Spade was a hard-boiled detective with cold detachment, a keen eye for detail, and unflinching determination to achieve his own justice. The character is most closely associated with actor Humphrey Bogart, who played Sam Spade in the third and most famous version of The Maltese Falcon. In 1946, one of radio's top producers, William Spear, brought Sam Spade to the airwaves, starring newcomer Howard Duff, with Lorene Tuttle as Spade's secretary, Effie Perrine. Duff took a considerably more tongue-in-cheek approach to the character than the novel or movie. Dashiell Hammett lent his name to the radio series, but did little more than cash the checks sent to him for the privilege. Howard Duff starred as Spade until 1951, when Steve Dunn took the role. Time now for the first of two action-packed episodes of The Adventures of Sam Spade, detective starring Howard Duff. In this first one, a million-dollar robbery puts Sam on the spot and in need of bail. Here's the bail bond caper on The Adventures of Sam Spade, detective from June 27, 1948. The Adventures of Sam Spade, detective. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil, again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Office of Samuel Spade, Private Investments. I mean, Investigations. Good morning. Uh, evening. Effie? Miss Perrine is on a vacation. Perhaps I may be of assistance, no doubt. I don't know. To whom am I speaking to? I am sorry. I cannot devolve that information to an entire stranger. May I take a message? Look, uh, Miss Whoever you are, I don't want to discommode you, but... I... I am sorry, but I will have to ask you in no certain terms to resist from this line you are handing me. I am not the type secretary. Forget it. I'll just call Miss Perrine long distance and dictate my report over the phone. <gasps> oh, my stars and garter. How utterly gouge of me, Mr. Spade. Oh, I'm Bernadine, Effie's relief. Uh, I mean yours. I could use some. Oh, shall I send out for some medicine? Yeah. The phone number's on the wall behind the water cooler. Tell them the hundred proof, bonded, and hang the expense. I'll be right down to dictate my report on the bail bond caper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. Only three days left, gals, and June, the month of weddings, will be over. But don't worry, there are still 187 days left in leap year, Still time to snag the man of your dreams. You know, the one who uses Wild Root Cream Oil on his hair. He and millions of other men use Wild Root Cream Oil daily because Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair so neatly and naturally, relieves dryness, and removes loose dandruff. Any smart man who wants to look smart always insists on Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. Oh, Mr. Spade! You are Mr. Spade. You just gotta be. Yes, but why? It was faith. I knew it was going to be like this. I have my qualms too, Bernadine. Oh, that's good. I-, I sent the other back. The other what? I called that number, but it was euphonious. They sent whiskey. Is something the matter? Uh, no. No, nothing at all. I'm perfectly qualm. Well, I'm glad. My previous employer was very nervous, which is why I just happened to be tentatively at large when Effie reproached me about being a relief to her. Figures. Uh, Bernadine, now I'm not being fresh. Honestly, I'm not, but do you take shorthand? Yeah, but I don't speak it. What is that you speak? Don't answer. Uh, ready? Rodney. I mean, Roger. Yeah, uh, date. I'll have to ask my mother. Down, Bernadine. Uh, date, June 27, 1948, to Miss Effie Perrine, care of Perry's Lodge, Canab, the Pearl of the West, Utah. What? Oh, uh, wrong letter. I'll get to that later. Uh... Date, uh, June 27, 1948, to Leo M. Scarlett, care of Leaf Branch, Root, Knox, and Wood, attorneys at law, 333 Pine Street, San Francisco, from Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Subject, the bail bond caper. Dear Leo, I'm sorry things turned out the way they did, Leo, and I'd like you to know how I got into it. It wasn't for the reward. I don't take rewards. I'm not in love with your wife, no matter what she says, and I wasn't sore at you about anything. I was just sitting in my office, minding my own business when the door opened and Vivian walked in. She looked every bit as beautiful as she did when she lived under me in Ma Tuttle's boarding house in 41. In fact, I didn't recognize her until she slithered out of her mink. Hello, Sam. Surprised to see me? Uh, yeah, but I'm trying not to show it. What's on your mind? Is that all you've got to say to me, Sam? Well, you're here on business, aren't you? All right, I don't blame you. It all happened pretty sudden, Leo and me. I should have written or phoned you, I suppose, but somehow... Forget it, Vivian. Now, uh, what do you need a detective for? Are you uh, thinking of divorce already? Oh, please don't, Sam. If it was a mistake, I'm the one who has to live with it, and I made up my mind when I married Leo, this time it's for keeps. No matter what. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the what? He's in trouble, Sam. Well, that's nothing new. Well, this time I don't think it's his fault. When Leo went legit, he meant it. What's he say he's doing now? He's a bail bond broker. 
Judging from your new look, I'd say he's a success. Sam. A man called him on the phone today. I answered. He said his name was Holiday, but I recognized his voice. It was an old friend of Leo's, Charlie Rosenfoy. Charlie, huh? When did he get out? A couple weeks back. He was paroled. I don't know what he said over the phone, but Leo looked scared and sick. I don't wonder. The word around town was that Charlie took the rap for Leo. Well, I don't know anything about that. All I know is Leo's on the level now, and Charlie never will be. He did plenty on his own during that time he served. Well, I won't argue that, but from where I sit, it looks like Leo better start wearing a gun again. He has. That's what I'm so frantic about, Sam. Do you hear any of the conversation from Leo's end? He didn't say much. But I did hear him say, All right, ten tonight, I'll meet you there. I wasn't very smart of him. I know, but that's the way he is. It might be only for a payoff. I thought of that, too. But Leo hasn't got that kind of money. He's been dropping a lot at the racetracks lately. And even if he had it, he's not the type to pay blackmail. I don't like it. Why should I stick my neck out? Why did you have to come to me anyway? Because I trust you, Sam. I know you were jealous of Leo. I was? Sam, if we ever meant anything... If you meant half the things you said to me when we... Stop it. That's blackmail. Oh, I feel so lost and alone. I don't know where to turn. Okay, okay. I'll see what I can do. Oh, Sam. I'll make it up to you somehow. You see if I don't. Sure you will. And tell Leo to stop dropping his money at Tan Ferran. This is going to cost them plenty. <laughs> Vivian had said that your rendezvous with Charlie was scheduled for 10 in the p.m. and that you were too upset to go to work that day, so you'd be at home, 1246 Dunbar. I took a plan in your apartment building from a sleepy lagoon-type cocktail bar across the street called, you guessed it, the Sweet Leilani. Your wife joined me, and after a while, we got around to talking. At least she did. <laughs> I bet you can't guess what I'm thinking about. Huh? Listen, Sam. You remember that night we drove to the Half, half Moon? Bay. Oh, you do remember. Oh, we used to do the craziest things. I should have married you, Sam. Please, not while I'm drinking. You know what? The trouble with crooks... <laughs> They have to work day and night. Yeah. Hey, you're not listening. No, but everybody else in the place is. Let's talk about you, Sam. Did I ever tell you how I met Leo? No, and please don't. And then he opened a bucket shop. You know what a bucket shop is? Yeah. It's stockbroker. Brokerage. Bro yeah, that's right. Only it's crooked. That was the first business Leo started when he went legit. Mm -hmm. He had to shut it down on account of those securities <laughs> somebody was always stealing out of the safe. Were they insured? Yeah, but they wouldn't renew his policy. So after the second nightclub burned down and he couldn't get any insurance at all, even on his own life. That's why I'm so frantic, Sam. Hey, give me a nickel. I want to play sweet little Annie. Fifty nickels, and two hours later, Sweet Leilani broke under the strain, so we had Princess Papuli to leave a night gave out, and we were starting on the Hawaiian war chant when she disappeared through a door marked Wahini's, Hawaiian for powder room, and never came back. Around 9.45, I mumbled something to the bartender about the lady will pay, put on my smoked glasses, and strolled out and across the street. You came out of the building a couple of minutes later. 
You led me a zigzag course up Merchant Street to Salon, across Salon to Commercial, down Commercial to Drum, and made a lateral pass over Drum back to Dunbar. Your destination, I'd never have guessed it, was the Sweet Leilani. Happily, they were not playing Sweet Leilani. It was very, very quiet. The regular customers had taken a powder, and I didn't blame them. In the new crop at the bar, I counted ten broken noses, at least five broken paroles, assorted knife scars, and four pairs of cauliflower ears, and one maverick. You slid into a booth at the end of the bar, took the gun out of your shoulder holster, and laid it down on the table in front of you. I walked over, turned it around, so it was pointing at the jukebox instead of me, and sat down. Some other time, Spade. Some other time I drink with you. I'm waiting for a friend. Why the gun? You selling it to him? Maybe I give it to him. Go on, you drink at the bar. Ah, it's kind of crowded. Looks like uh, Charlie Rosenfoy's old mob. Who are they gunning for? You or Charlie? Why don't you ask them? What are you drinking, Leo? I was with that bottle all day. Got a bad taste. Do me a favor, Spade. There's a bar two doors down the street. Go drink there. There's my friend coming in the door. Any friend of yours is a friend of mine, Leo. Look, Spade. Hello, Leo. What's the matter? You bring a bodyguard to meet your old friend Charlie? This shamus threw his weight in here. I didn't ask him. I don't need him. Huh. That sounds like the old Leo Scarlatti I used to The know. name is Scarlet. Oh, pardon me. I've been on the rock for so long, it's hard to catch up on all the changes. There's been a war, Charlie. Anyone tipped you to it yet? You got a smart bodyguard, Leo. Let's talk. Let's go somewhere else and talk. Uh-uh, I like it here. Okay, we start. How come you tipped the mob we were coming here? You promised you wouldn't. Like the shamas, they got a drink somewhere. All right, say what's in your mind and I'll go. Yeah, and if you don't mind, I think I'll uh, do my drinking at the bar. Both of your guns were on the table. It didn't look as though you were going to use them on one another, and I figured that neither of you was going to do much talking in front of me anyway, so I strolled back to the end of the bar to look at the television. The 10 o'clock news roundup was on, and the ticker tape that was moving across the screen said dot, dot, dot in Atlantic City today, period. I ordered a highball, and then the ticker tape started again. This time it said San Francisco, million-dollar bail bond robbery. One million dollars in negotiable bonds is tonight in the hands of a group of daring hold-up men who commandeered an armored truck at the very portals of the police department in the Hall of Justice. And it said this concludes the 10 o'clock edition of the television news roundup. I had a slight hunch that if the television boys had had their cameras on the big bail bond robbery, that at least some of the characters would have been played by at least some of the bad actors that were foregathered in the sweet Leilani. In fact, what you and Charlie were saying and doing when I walked back to your booth was almost too much to the point. You let me see the bulky portfolio Charlie shoved across the table at you. It looked like a carrying case for bonds, bank messenger type. But it was sealed with wax blobs bearing the imprint of the great seal of the state of California. I was impressed. Where'd you get this? You can read about it in the papers, and if I was you, I'd get this out of sight before them papers hit the street. One thing more, don't try to clip none of them coupons. And one thing more in addition, don't open it at all. Sure. Spade? Yeah, Leon? I think I hire you after all. I took the job and you handed me the portfolio. 
Outside, we flagged the taxi, and you gave the driver an address on Portsmouth Square. Your office, I hate to remind you, was behind one of a bunch of neon-lighted storefronts across from the Hall of Justice. The sign on the door said, press the button and let freedom ring any hour, day or night. The only bell in sight was a stop-press-type burglar alarm. You unlocked the door and we went in. You paused in front of a big green safe with a combination lock and started twirling the knob. The tumblers clicked into place. I picked up an inkwell and waited for the safe to open. All right, Spade, give me it. I did, with both hands. With my left, I handed you the portfolio, and with my right, I pitched the inkwell at a well-wired slab of plate glass window. When the burglar alarm went into action, so did you. You dropped everything and were out of the door and out of sight before you could say, let freedom ring. While I was waiting for the cops to arrive, I helped myself to a $500 bearer bond I found lying loose in your safe. I had a feeling I might be needing some bail myself. The makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. Here's important news on good grooming. If you want the well-groomed look that helps you get ahead, socially and on the job, listen. Recently, thousands of people from coast to coast who bought Wild Root Cream Oil for the first time were asked, how does Wild Root Cream Oil compare with the hair tonic you previously used? The results were amazing. Better than four out of five who replied said they preferred Wild Root Cream Oil. And no wonder. It gives you the advantages that men consider most important. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms your hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, and removes loose dandruff. What's more, non-alcoholic Wild Root Cream Oil is the only leading hair tonic that contains soothing lanolin. That's like the oil of your skin. So ask for Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. By the way, smart girls use Wild Root Cream Oil too, and mothers say it's grand for training children's hair. And now back to the Bail Bond Caper Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade I had hoped, Leo When I made my spectacular move In your Bail Bond office And set the bells to ringing That I'd get the caper off my neck And onto the capable shoulders of the police Where it now belonged then I told myself I could go home and get some sleep. I had never been that fond of Vivian anyway. I was holding the million-dollar portfolio, complete with its big official seal still unbroken, ready to hand it over with a flourish to the first boy in blue that rushed in. But then I saw something that dashed my hopes. There was a strip of scotch tape across the bottom of it. It wasn't up to me to tamper with important evidence, but I didn't have to. It was only a question of what magazine had been cut up to replace the million dollars in bearer bonds. That question was answered at headquarters 20 minutes later. It turned out to be the last 52 issues of Radio Life, which even Captain Walsh of the robbery detail admitted was no help. Neither was Captain Walsh. Now, Spade, in your statement here, you state, uh, so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so, uh, sweet Leilani, 
And that Rosenfoy didn't hand portfolio exhibit in question to Leo M. Scarlett, alias Scarlatti, at approximately 10.20 p.m. this date. That's it, Captain. Now, uh, you sure you want to stick with this? You don't want to change any part of the statement? No, I just want to go home and go to bed. I'm afraid you're going to stay with us for a while. Who, me? Um... Statement of Jordan Joyce, M.D., statements of Hilda Sackwriter, R.N., and Mildred DeVilbis, R.N., day and night, nurses respectfully. Who's sick? Rosenfoy. He's been quarantined in his home in Daly City since his release from Alcatraz four days ago. Chicken pox. Sorry, Sam, I'll have to book you. You sure you don't want to add anything to that statement? <sighs> Only this. Kelsey Walsh... If you continue to do such brilliant police work, you will be waving a stop sign at a school crossing in time for the fall semester. You are a hangnail on the finger of justice. I thought I had been courteous and cooperative, but even so, it was the middle of the afternoon by the time they set my bail. Fifteen hundred bucks. That made it life. But I hadn't had time to hang the curtains in my cell when I got even worse news. My bail had been posted by who? Vivian, a banana peel in the steps of progress. She met me outside. Well, aren't you going to thank me? What for? Getting me in jail or getting me out? Getting you out, of course. It was all the money I had in all the world. Leo's money was impounded, you know. But Sam, when I thought of what you and I once meant to each other, and maybe we still Yeah, yeah, out. well, uh... You'll get your money back. I'm not really guilty. Oh, I know that. What else do you know? I guess it's safe to talk. Leo phoned me today. Where is he? He wouldn't say. Some pay station. He kept putting in nickels. Sam, you've got to talk to him. You've got to convince him it's best to give himself up. Now you're beginning to make sense, sweetheart. But how can I get to talk to him? I've arranged it. He's to meet us at the Club Leilani. You know, where we had our reunion yesterday. That place on Dunbar? Yeah. Oh, that's great. A crowded saloon less than a block from the police department. Besides, the place has lousy memories for me. By the way, did you ever get out of the ladies' room? If you don't mind, I'd rather talk about something else. Okay, let's talk about how do we bring this big secret meeting off in a crowded cafe. Is Leo coming in a false beard? You really think I'm stupid, don't you? I didn't say so. Well, it so happens that the place is closed on Tuesday. See that sign in the window? Closed Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Now, how do we break in? I was counting on you. You're a detective. Can't you use a glass key or something? Did you say that bail bond you bought for me was all the money you had in the world? That's the truth. Then get ready to forfeit it. It's a risk I've got to take. You've got to take. Sam, please, if we ever meant anything Yeah, to... I know. Half Moon Bay. But sometimes I wish we hadn't been childhood sweethearts. Wait here, I'll case the alley. The alley wasn't much better. There were two windows, washroom type, all glass brick, except the two small ventilators big enough to put your hand through. The only hope was the kitchen skylight. I didn't have any trouble getting up to it, but once I was there, things didn't look so good. The view from the roof was a garage door with two green lights flanking it. Then it struck me where I was and why I was there. The Club Leilani backed directly on the Hall of Justice where the big bail bond robbery had taken place at 5 p.m. the night before. Without further ado, I put my foot through a pane of the skylight, reached in, unlatched it, and dropped. <coughs> Hurry up, let me in, Sam. Sam! 
Up at the front of the building, I could hear Vivian clamoring for admittance. I decided to let her clamor for another minute or two. It isn't a thing I often do, but I walked resolutely into the ladies' powder room. It was very well equipped. It had furniture, a telephone, and more clues than I needed. The magazines were there, the razor blades were there, the scotch tape was there. There was even a scraping of red sealing wax on the steel frame of the window slot. But best of all was what I found in the paper towel dispenser. I lifted it out and moved it next door to the men's washroom. Then I let her in. What kept you so long? You'll spoil everything. I was afraid you'd... Here comes your husband. <gasps> oh. Come on, let me in. What happened, Leo? You're early. Any objections? I just got itchy, that's all. How are you, baby? Don't, Leo. I'm so nervous. Strange. What are we going to do, baby? What's Spade going to do for us? Tell him, Sam. I'll leave you two alone to talk it out. I'll freshen up a little. Haven't had my face on all day. Poor kid. Well, Spade, let's have it. Yeah, she's right, Leo. I can do a lot for you. But you've got to do something for me. Spade, this is level. I never saw those bonds. I know that. Then what are you after? The truth. It's the only thing that can save you. And if you take this rap, I take it too. I'm in clear up to my neck. Okay. Charlie Rosenfoy came around to Vivian and made her this proposition. He was going to pull this bail bond job and plant the goods on me to get even for the rap he thought he'd taken for me. Mm -hmm. Vivian pretended to play along with him, only she got hold of the package long enough to take the bonds out and put the old magazines in instead. Yeah. The idea was the mob would think Charlie had double-crossed them, taken the goods for himself, and delivered a phony packet to their banker, which was supposed to be me. Cute. Only you had to get smart and set off that burglar alarm. Now I'm getting the squeeze on all sides. The mob, the law, Charlie are all gunning for me at once. Don't worry about the mob and the law, and don't worry too much about Charlie. What are you driving at? That'll be him now. Who tipped him I was here? Get back in the corner. It's dark in here. He'll never see you. I'll take care of him. All right. Hello, Charlie. Oh. Come on in. Oh! Good boy, Spade. Get his gun. You're my friend. Sure, I'm your friend. Come here. Yeah, sure, Spade. <laughs> Pleasant dreams, fellas. Now I act. Hey, Charlie! No, Leo! <laughs> Vivian? Sam? Is that you? Yeah. The last of your boyfriends. You mean Leo? Charlie? Yeah. They just knocked each other off. Oh, Sam. I can't see. It's dark. Where are you? Right here, in front of the jukebox. You sure? Hope to die. <gasps> Drop it, Vivian. It's empty. Sam, I... Sam! <laughs> Vivian, how could you? After Half Moon Bay. I'm sorry I had to knock you boys out, Leo, but uh, better lumps than bullet holes, eh? After she started wrapping up the caper, it wasn't too hard to figure what she was up to, providing you could keep her smoke out of your eyes. She told Charlie how to operate on you and told you how to operate on Charlie. 
A million dollars for her and two dead gangsters lying on the floor of an empty joint where they'd shot it out. The secret of the missing bonds would have to be written off by the police as having died with either one of whichever of you ever had them. Period. End of something. Pardon me, Mr. Spade. I, I know you're tired, and if you're too brushed, please feel free to elude the whole matter. But... Yes, okay, let's do that. Thank you. Effie said that you were always glad to qualify any little points that she didn't understand. Mm -hmm. She said that, did she? Yeah. But she also said that quite accidentally that you sometimes leave things out that should be left in. Bernadine, times are very bad. They're cutting salaries everywhere. But where were they during the whole nefarious affair, if you'll pardon the expression? The bonds? In the paper towel dispenser. Didn't I say so? Oh, that's what you moved to the men's. Mm -hmm. But how did they get there? In the Walrini's, if you'll pardon the expression. Simple. When the thieves whizzed through the alley after the heist, Vivian had her well-manicured little lunch hook thrust through the window slot to receive them. Oh, that's how the red sailing wax got there. Bernadine, you're spectacular. Now go and type this up. You're making me nervous. You know what they say about people who like mysteries? Once a mystery fan, always a mystery fan. And that goes for hair tonics, too. Once a Wild Root Cream Oil fan, always a Wild Root Cream Oil fan. Just try it and you'll see what I mean. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, and removes loose, ugly dandruff. So tonight, or first thing tomorrow, step up to your drug or toilet goods counter and ask for Wild Root Cream Oil. Get the big economy bottle and the handy new tube that's easy to pack when you travel. Also, ask your barber for a professional application of Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Well, here it is, Mr. Spade. I hope it's not too erroneous. Oh, I'm sure it's quite offensive. Don't you mean inoffensive, Mr. Spade? Have it your way. I don't want to sound imprudent, Mr. Spade, but I must say that your conduct through the whole thing was very brave and outrageous. Don't you mean courageous? <laughs> oh, now I've got you doing it. You're going to be just like Mr. Cummel. Your uh, previous employer, no doubt. Yeah, poor man. You know, he finally became completely erasable. They had to take him away. Mm -hmm. What were his symptoms? Well, when he ordered the puppy biscuits, I thought he was just being concentric. But after a while, he wouldn't answer to anything but Rover. I had to sprinkle his flea powder in the morning, you know? And then he had his little tricks. He always wanted to show off, you know, sitting up and rolling over. He could shake hands, too. What's so great about that? Any dog can shake hands. Yeah, but can you scratch your ear with your foot? If I uh, set my mind to it. Now go home, Bernadine, or I'll report you to the SPCA. <laughs> you can't frighten me. Effie told me that your bark is worse than your bite. Good night, Mr. Spade. Effie, in far-off Canab, come home, sweetheart. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Duff. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tallman and Gil Dowd, with musical direction by Lud Gluskin. Gil Dowd directed tonight's broadcast in William Spears' absence. Join us again next Sunday for another adventure with Sam Spade, brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. 
This is Dick Joy reminding you to... Get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. It keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with soothing lanolin. You better get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that you will have a tough time, Charlie. Keeping all the gals away. Hiya, Baldy. Get Wild Root right away. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective, starring Howard Duff in The Bail Bond Caper from June 27, 1948. Also in the cast, Sandra Gould and William Conrad, with Dick Joy announcing, sponsored by Wild Root Cream Oil, as heard over CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio shows for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another episode of The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Sam is hired to guard the wedding presents, but not the groom, who is stabbed to death with a pair of garden shears. Here's the Rushlight Diamond Caper, starring Howard Duff in The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective from July 4th, 1948. The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective, brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil, again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Sam Spade, Detective Agency, good evening. That sounds funny in dialect. Good evening to you and happy 4th of July, Bernadine Hemp. Oh, Mr. Spade, what was the capper? Don't you mean caper? No, the caper. The high point of the caper. The climax, the crescendo, the pinafore. Now, well, that's better. For a minute, I was afraid you were uh, learning English. Oh, no. I'm studying Spanish. Soy infeliz que inicia... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mucho interesting. <laughs> Gracias. Shall I go home now? No, uh, mal suerte. There's a little matter of murder in two languages, neither of which is Spanish, so stay where you are. I'll be right down to dictate my report on the Rushlight Diamond Caper. Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. Listen, men, to this holiday tip on good grooming. 
To help spark up your whole appearance, first be sure that your hair is well-groomed. Be sure it's groomed with popular Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms your hair neatly and naturally, the way you like it, the way she likes it. Wild Root Cream Oil also relieves annoying dryness, removes loose, ugly dandruff. So look your best all the time by sprucing up right with Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. Date, July 4, 1948, to Mrs. May Rushlight, 21A, Granite Court, from Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Subject, the uh, Rushlight Diamond. Dear Mrs. Rushlight, it was the kind of nice, relaxing assignment that comes my way just often enough to remind me that gumshoeing can be respectable. There was an air of quiet elegance about 21A, Granite Court, and about the butler who answered the door. He uh, took in my rented gray topper and doeskin gloves, nodded approvingly at my wing collar, watered silk ascot, pearl gray waistcoat, morning coat, pinstripe trousers, and my spats with the mother-of-pearl buttons, and asked me if I were a florist. I set him to rights, and he led me up a flight of stairs to the early a.m. annex of your morning room. Mr. Samuel Spade. You're just on time, Mr. Spade. Mrs. Rushlight would be pleased. I'm Nancy Ward, Mrs. Rushlight's social secretary. And if you don't think that's tough to say, try it. Uh, Mrs. Rushlight's socials? Oh, what's tough about that? Uh, you'll do. Definitely, you'll do. Shall we dance? I will dance at her wedding. But don't get me wrong. I'm not secretly in love with Ralph Rushlight, and the bride is lovely. Just hate to see all that money going down the drain. Is there anything else you think I should know? You know what your job is. You're supposed to guard the wedding present. That's simple because it's nothing but a lot of cheap silver. And stay away from the champagne. It's non-vintage. The food will be foul. The guests are the most dismal aggregation ever assembled. Sounds like a lovely party. I arranged the whole thing. I told you she's a lovely bride. What's she ever do to you? I'd rather not say. I don't want to sound bitter. This way, Mr. Spade. The old hat... Mrs. Rushlight will see you now. Thank you, Florence Nightingale. Nancy? Oh. Now, this is it, darling. Mr. Spade. Come over here, young man, so I can get a better look at you. How's this? Hmm, it's good. Turn around. Yes, you'll do. Uh, that'll be all, Nancy. Oh, couldn't I be finishing up these place cards while you talk? Take them with you. Do them outside. Very well. <laughs> Nosy girl. But nice. Nice nose. Oh, you too, eh? Well, I agree. That's why I'm marrying off my nephew to that wretched girl, Lotta Van Eyck. Have you ever seen Bugs Bunny, Mr. Spade? You don't mean the... They protrude. The ears? No, the teeth. Oh. As my late husband used to say of her mother, she could eat a tomato through a tennis racket. Oh. There's only one thing that'll prevent this wedding from being an utter disaster. She doesn't understand much English. Uh-huh. Well, what's the matter with your nephew? A great deal, but it doesn't show. Suffice it to say, he has criminal tendencies and the mentality of a snail. Mrs. Rushlight, I don't like to seem forward, but why are you telling me all this? Oh, you're, you're supposed to mingle with the guests. You'll need some conversation. Now, as to your assignment. The bride, being what she is, the wedding presents are hardly worth guarding except <clears throat> for one. Ironically enough, it's from me. What is it, a machine gun? 
Oh, 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 that's good. Oh, oh, excuse me, I must write that down. And then tear it up immediately. <laughs> oh, dear. No, no, Mr. Spade. But it's bad luck, the Rushlight Diamond. You've heard of it? Uh, something about it in the American Weekly a while back, wasn't there? Yes, yes. It's not as large as the Hope Diamond, but there's not a flaw in it. My late husband, Roy Rushlight, bought it for his first wife. She sank with the SS General Slocum in Hellgate, the East River, 1904, over a thousand lives lost. Luckily, she was wearing a paste copy at the time. I was only a young girl when I married Mr. Rushlight, and a uh, fool that I was, I signed anything his lawyers asked me to sign. After his death, I discovered that the diamond was to be mine only until the marriage of my husband's male heir, at which time it must go to his bride. Well, that's too bad. Uh, you say, though, that the Rushlight diamond is bad luck. Oh. Oh, there's that, of course. <laughs> I wonder if it's too much to hope. Hmm. Well, I must go and help dress the bride. Go along downstairs, Miss Spade. Take this jewel case with you. Put it on the table with the other presents and guard it well. So I took the old velvet-covered case you held out to me and checked the contents. It was an old-fashioned lavalier with a clear stone pendant only slightly smaller than an eight ball. Didn't look like a diamond, but smooth-cut diamonds hardly ever do. It didn't look like bad luck either, but a mirror broke in the hall as I passed it, then I fell all the way down the stairs, and as I entered the ballroom, I knocked over a punch bowl. Nothing uh, really terrible happened until just before dark when the guests began to arrive. In theory, a detective guarding wedding presents is supposed to make himself indistinguishable from the other guests. In practice, it never works out that way. He has to spend most of his time within sight of the booty, so he is very easily spotted. I don't believe it. He's too good-looking. Oh, but he must be. He's not anybody we know. Well, ask him. It's leap year. Oh, here comes Colonel Bixby. He'll know. Well, well, well. Beauty gathered round the booty, eh? <laughs> and much more beauty than booty, though. <laughs> yeah. Say, when are they going to hang the diamond on that drip? No, no, there's no way to talk about the blushing bride. Is that it in the crummy old case there? That case is heirloom, young lady. The stone that reposes in it is worth a king's ransom. Now take your grubby hands elsewhere. Oh. Be off with you. Go on. Well, just because he's going to give the bride away, he thinks he can order everyone around. Uh, Mr. Spade, allow me to congratulate you, sir. These affairs, one all too often sees the detective on guard duty at the punch bowl. I was forewarned. Oh, yes, very bad champagne. Flat. <laughs> I'll be glad when these ill-starred nuptials are consummated. And by the way, Bixby's my name, Colonel Lysander Bixby. Colonel? It is my melancholy and thankless duty to give the bride away to the hapless groom, Ralph Rushlight. However, it's much better to give than to receive. <laughs> you tell that to May Rushlight, eh? <laughs> Quite a trinket. Ah, uh, 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 uh. mustn't touch grubby hands, remember? Oh, <laughs> sense of humor as well as sense of duty, eh? Candidly, if I knew a place to fence it, I'd be the... Colonel Bixby. Oh, Miss Ward. Oh, how lovely you look. Poor Ralph. Mrs. Rushlight asked me to warn you to get ready. The bride will be down any moment. Oh, good grief. Well, I suppose I must steal myself. Where did I leave my glass? Keep your eye on that old goat, Mr. Spade. I don't trust him. Who is he? He's the only one here who knows why this wedding's happening. He's the bride's foster father. You mean he's got something on the family? You'll never know how much until you kiss the bride. Look, Nancy, it's none of my business, but I... Oh, oh starting. I'll have to go in now. Now, wait. What? Uh, how does it go? Uh, speak now or forever hold your peace? No, I, I can't do that. 
थैंक यू फॉर अंडरस्टैंडिंग I didn't witness the ceremony, but judging from the mood of those who had, it was just as well I didn't. They shuffled back into the ballroom looking as if they'd witnessed an execution. Nobody seemed to be in a hurry to join the receiving line. After a few half-hearted handshakes, the groom left the bride standing alone, looking kind of bewildered, and came over to take inventory of the presents. Look at that junk. I'm Ralph Brushlight. Who are you? Spade. I was hired to guard this junk as you call it. Sorry I'm wasting my time. The rush light time. It's bad luck. Look at what it did to me. Look at her. Did you ever see anything? Give it to yourself. Why should I? Because I'm liable to slap you clear across this room. Haven't I been punished enough? Go on, go on, scram. Keep your hooks off that necklace. That's mine. I heard it's your wife's. Come along, well, you heard here. wrong. Come along over here. Oh, Mr. Spade, you haven't met the bride yet, have you? Uh, no. Thank you. I, uh... Uh, I wish you a lot of luck, Mrs. Rushlight. You're going to need it. Thank you. Well, I suppose now as well as any time, Colonel. Oh, oh very well, my dear. Uh, quiet, please. Mm. Quiet, everyone. Uh, uh, Mrs. Rushlight, the old, uh, the elder Mrs. Rushlight, that is, has something to say to you. Mr. Spade. Yes? The necklace, will you please hand it to me? With pleasure. I'm tired of looking at it. Oh, you're not done yet. <laughs> Stay close by my side. <clears throat> Dear friends, at this solemn moment, I want, first of all, to welcome this dear little girl into the Rushlight family. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and now, dear Lotta, I will place around your neck the gem which was my heritage when I became a Rushlight and which is now yours. Thank you. Oh, what's wrong? Lotta, come back here. Lotta! I'll go out to the carport and hit her off. Oh, you leave her alone. I'll take care of her. Whose wife is she, anyhow? Lotta, come back here. Lotta, bring it back! I was almost ashamed to join in the chase, but I had to because I'd been hired to guard the Rushlight Diamond, and for my money, the best way to do that was to help her get away. Well, somebody got to her before I did. A strip of wedding gown satin marked the spot. The body lay crumpled under a hedge. But it wasn't the bride's body. It was the groom. He'd been stabbed to death with a pair of garden shears, which made sense. But what didn't make sense was that the necklace she'd been wearing was still clutched in his hand. The makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. If you want the well-groomed look that helps you get ahead, socially and on the job, listen. Recently, thousands of people from coast to coast who bought Wild Root Cream Oil for the first time were asked, how does Wild Root Cream Oil compare with the hair tonic you previously used? Better than four out of five who replied said they preferred Wild Root Cream Oil. And no wonder. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, and removes loose dandruff. What's more, non-alcoholic wild root cream oil is the only leading hair tonic that contains soothing lanolin. So ask for wild root cream oil hair tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. By the way, smart girls use wild root cream oil too, and mothers say it's grand for training children's hair. (laughs) 
And now, back to the Rushlight Diamond Caper. Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. Number 21A Granite Court was teeming with motives and suspects. But the police were primarily interested in locating Lotta, the missing bride and widow of Ralph Rushlight. So was I. She looked like less work than the rest of you, because if she had killed him, it was self-defense, if she knew enough English. By 10 in the a.m., when I checked in at my office, she was still successfully eluding the police dragnet. That was because nobody, including me, had thought of looking in my office. Wow. Good morning. Thank you. Is that all the English you know? Thank you, no. I want my necklace. The police haven't. You go with me. Tell them who I am. Okay, but first, I have to know who you are. Where you came from, what your connection with Colonel Bixby is. I am in Macassar being born. In Macassar? Dutch colony. Uh-huh. My father, there seven years ago, dying is. When I, 13 years old, have arrived. I see. Colonel Bixby in San Francisco, the financial representative from my father, us. I am adopted to him, not for a father, but... So he takes care of my monies, which coming of age am I a rich Dutch woman. Uh-huh. But legally, he's your foster father. Yeah. Also, legally, I'm the wife of Rushlight. I want my necklace. You married him for the necklace? Yeah. Why did he marry you? For one half of necklace when we sell. But all, everything to take he wishes. You and Ralph are going to divvy the take from the Rushlight diamond, you thought. Yeah, yeah. And what was the colonel going to get? Monies for Mrs. Rushlight. Oh, now, wait, that doesn't make sense. Mrs. Rushlight stood to lose a small fortune by that marriage. Why should she pay the colonel to promote it? You the detective, are. You said that. Where my necklace are, that I say. Yeah, well, look, I'm not as sure as I was. Uh, wait just a minute, I'll uh, check on it. <clears throat> Homicide, Lieutenant Dundee. Uh, Spade, Dundee. Oh, yes, Sam. What's new on the Rushlight caper? Oh, you know I can't talk about the case, Sam. Oh, I got a line on that girl. Oh? Where is she? You know I can't talk about that, Dundee. Oh, you can't, can't you? Well, let's see if this doesn't change your mind. The necklace we found on Rushlight's body was a phony, a face copy. Uh-huh. Does that make her guiltier than she was before? Well, now she's got a motive. Throws all our previous theories into a cocked hat. Now, where's the girl? She's in my office, Lieutenant, dear. Come and get her. Thank you. It's you, Sam. Back again? Yeah, do you mind? Well, that depends on who you came to see. You, sweetheart. Oh. But uh, first, I'd like to talk to Mrs. Rushlight. Well, she can't see anyone. She's in a state of nervous collapse over the... over Ralph's death. Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. You uh, seem to be holding up pretty well. well. I'm relieved. He's better off dead than married to that... Yeah. Rushlight Diamond's still unlucky, you know. What do you mean by that? I was just trying it on for size. Uh-huh. Now, does it fit? Yeah, but uh, you and Mrs. Rushlight are about the same size. Her uh, nerves getting any better? You're the doctor. If you want to see her, go ahead. She's up there. Thank you. <laughs> Mrs. Rushlight! I'm sorry to break in on you like this, but I haven't got much time. How dare you! Nancy! Nancy! 
Why is that girl? Mr. Spade, please leave me alone with my grief. Funny thing. Yesterday, Nancy was carrying a torch for Ralph, and you were holding the torch to him. Today, it's different. Oh, good heavens. You, you, you don't think I'm grief-stricken over Ralph. Good. That's one less mystery. M- Mr. Spade, what do you want? Your nephew's killer. Oh, does it matter? It does to me. Somebody getting knocked off right under my nose is bad for private detectives everywhere. Oh, For a moment, I thought that... Say, wouldn't you rather make some more money? I refuse to marry Lotta. Oh, no, nothing like that. It's the necklace, Mr. Spade, the genuine. What is? I don't know. All I know is the other one isn't. Who told you that? Well, well, the police know. It's, It's in the papers, isn't it? Not yet. Well, how else would I learn? The murderer is the only one who could have told you, unless you're the murderer. I see. Very well, Mr. Spade. I'll tell you what I know. I'm not as wealthy as you might think. In, in, in fact, I have for four years lived from pillar to post, from hand to mouth, ragtag and bobtail, struggling to make ends meet. Yeah, what you mean is you're eking out a meager existence, keeping your head above water, one jump ahead of the sheriff, stalked by the grim specter of poverty. Is that right? Oh, how well you put it. In fact, Mr. Spade, I'm something of a crook. I've borrowed large sums of money from Colonel Bixby, putting up as collateral something that was not mine to forfeit. Uh Uh-uh, don't tell me. Let me guess. Uh, it was the Rushlight Diamond? Well, you seem to know everything. All but one thing. Why did you think you could palm off a paste copy on an operator like Bixby? He sent you here. I I won't tell you another single thing. Well, then I'll tell you a few things. The only way the Rushlight Diamond could be transferred legally into the hands of Colonel Bixby was by tricking Ralph into marriage with Lotta, since Ralph's wife automatically became the legal owner. With Ralph dead, Bixby would be in line to inherit the diamond from her. Inherit? California state law. Foster parent may inherit from a foster child in absence of any direct heir. Well, why, then he planned. He... He, he'll kill her, too. M- Mr. Spade, we must stop him. She's safe for the time being. I had her thrown into the pokey. They can hold her 48 hours for questioning, but they can hold you longer. They can even hold you as an accessory before the fact. Why? Why, I, I didn't know he was going to kill anyone. Lotta was just going to hand over a million-buck diamond to Bixby out of the kindness of her heart? Oh, no. Lotta wanted to become an American citizen. Marriage is the quickest way. For her, Ralph was the only way. Okay, I'll buy that. Now, tell me honestly, Mrs. Rushlight, what happened to the genuine stone? I honestly didn't know. I wasn't sure. But now there can be only one answer. Nancy with the laughing face? She went with me when I went to the bank vault to get the Rushlight diamond to present to Lotta after the ceremony. Uh She looked after all my jewels, including the paste copy that I habitually wore. Homicide, Lieutenant Dundee. Uh, Spade again, Dundee. I, uh... I think I got the rushlight caper all wrapped up. I'm heading for your office now, so wait for me. And whatever you do, don't let that lot of dame out of your sight. Thank you. Goodbye. Wait a minute, Sam. Wait a minute. Yeah? The lot of dame. She's already gone. Escaped? Bailed out. Custody of her foster father. Wait a minute. I got the name here, sir. Bixby. He's a colonel, and no wonder you're only a lieutenant. Uh, M- Mr. Spade, can't you stay for tea? Not thirsty. Nancy! Nancy, where are you? Oh, here I am, Sam. I-, I was waiting for you. You got the keys to that car out in front? Why, yes. Do you want to borrow it? Yes, with you in it. Why, Sam, where did I put my face on? Let it go. It's as good as lost anyway. Come on. What 
is this place? Where are you taking me? Never mind, just hang on. I'll fly you up to the second floor. <laughs> Sam, that was a shot that sounded like Lotta. You stay here. Don't come in until I call you. Speed, what are Get you doing? Get back in there. Okay. Drop it. No. Drop it or I'll crack your elbow. Oh. That's better. Now sit down. I want to look this over. Looks real cute. Uh-huh. Powder burns, gun beside the chair, and what's this? Well, 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 a note in Dutch. It's a suicide note. She killed herself. I can almost believe that. You've handled this very well, considering the bad breaks you've had. Only one thing wrong. Do I scent a bargain? I don't have to bargain. I've got the diamond. All you've got is two murders wrapping on your thick noggin. Don't be absurd. I know who has the real necklace. Then you better talk to her directly. You can come in now. Sam, was that... Oh, that poor, homely little dame. What did she ever do? Stop. You're breaking my heart. She committed suicide. You know better than that. She committed suicide. If the colonel's price is right. Oh. Oh, I see. I'll put it to you directly. It's not easy to fence. It'll have to be cut. That'll decrease the value considerably. Say, uh, $10,000. No questions asked. Pardon me. That suicide uh, shot, it's ringing in my ears. I can't hear you. Uh, 20000 50 All right, 100000 Sam, don't be a fool. Take it. I'll give you a real break, uh, Colonel. That's the cops coming after you. No, anything, Spade. What do you want me to do? I want you to try and get out of here. What, what are you going to do? There's the door. Go ahead. All right. I... Thank you, Colonel. All right, men, remember, he's desperate. Big speed. We're giving you a chance. Come down or we're coming up after you. Come on. Come on. Get up, Colonel. Here he comes. Kevin, it may be a trick. Watch it, Dundee. Here he comes. And that, Mrs. Rushlight, is the crop. For a man that went down fighting, Colonel Bixby didn't need much persuading once they got him under the lights down at headquarters. He confessed to everything, and the murders weren't the worst of it, the way I figure. The worst of it was the cruel way he victimized the poor little ugly duckling, Lotta Van Eyck. It's tough enough to be whipped before you start. Period and a report. My goodness, that was muy triste. I, I mean, I'm beginning to see why Effie gets so repressed sometimes. Effie, depressed? That little doll told you that? Only between she and I and the lamppost. She's so sensitive, you know. Not like I, of course. I invariably cry at weddings. You don't say, Bernadine. Uh, you attend uh, weddings often, hmm? With high frequency, Mr. Spade. You mean frequently? No, no. The last time it was FM. You know, frequency moderation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> moderation in all things, I always say. You mean you attend radio weddings? Oh, yeah. I've been married six times. My next date is television. You've been married six times? Well, to each his own, Mr. Spade. You mean six men have... Oh, no. No, I only marry my husband. Repetition is the spice of variety, I always say. Is that legal? If it's not after six weddings, what isn't? <laughs> to uh, each his own, as you say. Well, we don't presume to make a career out of it. As soon as we get the mangler and the deep freeze, we're gone on our honeymoon. Well, congratulations, and uh, type this up when you have the time. Mrs. Uh, Bernadine Hemp. Thank <laughs> you.
Every day, more and more men are turning to Wild Root Cream Oil for truly handsome hair. And that's not surprising, for what other leading hair tonic gives you these big advantages? It grooms the hair neatly and naturally, relieves dryness, removes loose dandruff. What's more, Wild Root Cream Oil is non-alcoholic and contains soothing lanolin. No wonder Wild Root Cream Oil is the favorite with so many millions of smart, particular men. Get Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Well, here it is, Mr. Spade. I'm sorry it took so long, but I kept relapsing into Spanish. Yes, I know how to... And Effie's typewriter doesn't have any upside-down question marks. Upside-down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take a memo. Call typewriter man. I already have. Oh, um, I almost forgot. You received a telegramic commutation. A telegramic what? A wire. Oh, a wire. Well, open it and read it. In English, for favor. Uh, it says, uh, Dear Sam. Figures. In the haste of my departure, I neglected to warn you about Bur... Well, when I do that one another favor, she'll have silver threads. Who? That ball of fire whom I'm taking the place of in order to be double-crossed of by... Effie? Is she uh, still in far-off Canab? And good rubbish, if you'll pardon the expression. Now, Bernadine, let me see that. Hmm. I, uh, <clears throat> I neglected to warn you about Bernadine. I'm sending the tales airmail special, but in the meantime, whatever you do, don't go to any radio broadcast with her, and if she comes to work in a wedding gown, take the day off. Love, Effie... And I had two tickets for honeymoon payoff, and now she went and spoiled everything. Oh, now there, Bernadine, you just have to marry your husband again, that's all. I wouldn't have had the time anyway. I know, it's just the principle. Good night, Mr. Spade. Good night, uh, buenas noches, hasta la vista. Effie, why did you ever leave me? The Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Duff. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tallman and Gil Dowd, with musical direction by Lud Gluskin. Gil Dowd directed tonight's broadcast in William Spear's absence. Join us again next Sunday for another adventure with Sam Spade. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. This is Dick Joy reminding you to... Get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. It keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with soothing lanolin. You better get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that... You will have a tough time, Charlie, keeping all the gals away. Hiya, Baldy. Get wild root right away. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's the adventures of Sam Spade Detective, 
starring Howard Duff in the Rushlight Diamond Caper from July 4th, 1948. Also in the cast, Sandra Gould with Dick Joy announcing for Wild Root Cream Oil as heard over CBS. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 80 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 80 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two medical dramas on the story of Dr. Kildare, starring Lou Ayers and Lionel Barrymore, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.